Thank you, Adriel. Thank you so much, and thank you for being here. Super excited. We're week two, week two of Mosaic Church, so thank you. Yeah, so thank you for those that were here last week at our grand opening, and you came back. Thank you for those of you that are visiting today, extended family, as Pastor Adriel said. We are so thankful. We're just thankful for what God is doing among us. I hope that you get a little taste for what God is doing among us as you're here at Mosaic to see the things we value, the things that we feel like God values. And we want to do church a little bit different. We want to do church in a way that values the things that God values to the best of our ability. Uh, so today we're continuing our series on what Jesus brings us, the good news. If you ever hear the word gospel, it just means good news. So we're doing a series called Jesus, Come Hear the Good News, and today we are talking about rest. This is a good message for week two of a church plant. Because uh, starting a church, if you didn't know, takes a lot of work from a lot of people. And doing a grand opening takes a lot of work by a lot of people. Doing week two takes a lot of work by a lot of people. And it's really important that we remember, one, we need to rest. It's important for me as a church planter to remember that I need to rest. And here's something you probably don't think about a lot, but it's important to remember that God does not need us. God does not need Mosaic Church. God does not need Pastor Noah or Pastor Adriel or our worship team. As amazing as they are, God doesn't need us. We have to remember that we need God. And I, as a church planner, I get stressed out. Do you ever get stressed out? Not you, right? Just me? I get stressed out because I say, oh, man, we, we have this. Look at that drum set back there. Isn't that a pretty drum set? Can we get Mario props for setting up that drum set today that nobody is playing? <laughs> that nobody's playing because, you know, our drummer didn't show up today. So, you know, that's how it is in a church plant. And you might look at that drum set and that connection card and go, I can play the drums. And you just check that little box and problem solved, right? But as a church plant, I have to remind myself, guess what? God doesn't need a drummer. <laughs> he does, he, we can worship God with our hearts. And that is, that is all that God asks of us is that we, we love him in return for his love for us. And I need to be reminded of that. And as we talk about rest, we're only going to be able to touch a little bit on rest today. As I prepped this sermon, I thought, let's do a series on rest because there's a lot of places we could go. Part of rest is if you're a workaholic, I don't know anyone like that. <coughs> that would be me, uh, myself. Uh, we need to remember that we need physical rest. In fact, the Bible commands us to take physical rest. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But what we're really going to get into today is a deep spiritual rest that all human beings crave and long for. There is a driving question that fuels every human being on the planet, and it is, am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough? That is a question that I believe every human being on the planet asks. Now, for my intro today, we are gonna look at the movie Encanto. 
Uh, raise your hand if you've seen this movie. Glad our kids are in the house today as well. Saw this movie with my kids. I cried. I got no shame in that. Right, Lucero? I admit, it's a great movie. Uh, I won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it, uh, but just some things you need to know about the intro to the sermon. This is Louisa. She's one of the sisters of this family. Uh, she, they have magical powers. Her magical power is super strength. And because of her super strength, the whole village depends on her. For all their, pro there's so many problems, they can't solve it, so they go to Louisa. And I want you to think about your own life. Are you someone like that? Where it feels like people come to you to get their problems solved. And the question that Louisa wrestles with is, am I enough? Am I enough? So in a moment, for part of the intro of the sermon, I'm actually gonna play the song from the movie, the clip from the movie itself, so kids, you get to watch a movie in church. That's pretty awesome, right? That's pretty awesome. Alan's excited, the kids are excited, okay? Um, and then we're gonna talk about it in your groups. And what I want you to think about as the song plays is, is there any line from that song that stands out to you? Any line from that song that strikes you? And I wanna give you a couple of the lyrics. And remember, we're talking about rest, deep soul rest. These are all lyrics from the song. I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Do you resonate with that at all? No mistakes. Did you grow up in a family where that was the motto? No mistakes or else. Are you in a situation now where it feels like no mistakes or else? Do you treat yourself with this as your motto? No mistakes or else. Who am I if I can't run with the ball? Who am I if I can't carry it all? Who am I if I don't have what it takes? Who am I? See if she can hang on a little longer. Are you just trying to hang on a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer? I hide my nerves and it worsens. How many of you feel like, I can't show my weakness? I was taught not to show my weakness. Nobody can see my weakness, because I have to be the strong one. And last, you try to stop it toppling, but on and on it goes. I'm gonna play the whole song. Admittedly, it's a little long for a sermon intro, but I want you to see the progression, how Luisa's got it all together, and by the end of the song, this is one of the last lines, things start to spiral downward and see if you can relate. And as we play uh, the song, be listening for lines of the song like should be at the bottom of the screen that you relate with and resonate with. So here we go. Why would anything be wrong? I'm totally fine. Magic's fine. Luisa's fine. I'm totally not nervous. Your eyes doing the thing. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Okay. I move mountains, I move churches, and I glow cause I know what my worth is. 
course. I mean, where are you going? I don't ask how hard the work is. Got a rough and destructive surface. Diamonds and platinum. I find them platinum. I take what I'm handed. I break what's demanded. But under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three ring circus. Under the surface, was Hercules ever like yo? I don't want to fight Cerberus. Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can be in service. To that song, let me do a couple of uh, let me do a sound check real quick because this mic sounds does this mic sound weird out there? Sounds okay? <laughs> sounds weird. Yeah, I think it sounds weird to me. Um, I'm gonna turn this one off. Is that any better? Is that better, Mike? Check, check. A little bit. I might switch. That's better. Okay, good. We fixed it. Kind of. We're we're figuring this out as we go. All right, hey, so um, we're going to take you back to your group. And for those of you that are new, um, just know this is the last time we'll put you in your group to talk. We just want to get you acclimated with, with, with what we're talking about. We feel like it's going to help you learn, and we want you to know the people that you're talking with. 
and that you have something to contribute. Uh, but also know that um, you don't have to answer these questions. You got plenty of people in your group, you only have six minutes, so if you're introverted, uh, just feel free to pass, no big deal whatsoever. You can just listen and, get, and, and hear from others in your group. So we're gonna take six minutes, and then I'm just gonna preach the rest of the time. So it'll be just kind of normal after that. All right, what lines from the Surface Pressure song stand out to you the most and why? And then number two, what ways do people try to earn the approval of others? So you don't have to share for yourself. I'm not asking you to be super vulnerable with strangers. Just as you look at our culture, as you look at our culture and the way it ticks and the way it works, um, what are ways people try to earn the approval of others? And can you think about are there ways people try to earn the approval of God? Just people in general. All right, six minutes, and then we'll be back. All right, all right. I hope you had some good discussion. Uh, and as, as we look at what the Bible says about rest and what Jesus says about rest. Remember, we're talking about how Jesus brings us rest. So this is a, a passage from the Bible. It's in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and it's Jesus speaking. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Do you relate to those words? <laughs> all who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and if you read this in context, if you keep reading into Matthew 12, Jesus starts talking about the Sabbath, which is a day of rest. And that's a whole nother sermon. But within that, within the day of rest, Jesus has this line where he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. He says, I'm the Lord of rest. Think about rest. And Jesus is saying, I'm the Lord of rest. So there's something amazing that Jesus has for each of us this morning when it comes to rest. Now, in this verse, he talks about a yoke. He says, take my yoke upon you. You're like, what is a yoke? Well, the yoke he's talking about is a yoke that would be put over the necks of two oxen. And these are still used today. I'm wearing my oxen t-shirt from our friend George Moss uh, because he bases his apparel clothing off of this verse. And the idea is, in the first century, Jesus is what was called a rabbi, which was a, like a Jewish pastor. And a rabbi had his yoke, and the yoke meant the type of teaching that that rabbi had. And some rabbis had a very heavy yoke, and it was lots and lots of rules that you had to follow. God was here, and you were down here, and guess how you got to God? Following rules, following rules, following rules, following rules. Was that the church that you were familiar with growing up? Was that the family you were familiar with growing up? The way to measure up is to follow rules and follow rules and follow rules. That's the heavy yoke that some rabbis would teach. And Jesus says, I have a different yoke. And the burden is light and the yoke is easy. And you can see how this works. 
one of these, I, I frankly don't, I need George here to tell me if it's ox or oxen for, for singular. I don't actually know, ox. <laughs> one of these ox is Jesus, and the other one is you. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to carry this burden with you. I'm going to carry this burden for you. We're going to do this together. And here's the thing. Yokes weren't just for the first century. Today, every single human being on the planet, whether they know it or not, they've chosen a yoke to strap themselves to. They've chosen someone or something that answers the question for them, for you, for me, am I enough? Have I made enough money? Am I enough? Have I been promoted enough in my company? Am I enough? What, do my, what does my family think of me? Am I enough? Do I have enough social media followers? Am I enough? Whatever it may be, Am I enough? We strap ourselves to that yoke to lead us and to guide us. The good news from Jesus is number one for non-believers. It's for people that don't believe in Jesus. It's for people whose necks are burdened with the yoke of trying to measure up on your own to measure up in your own strength, your own willpower. And Jesus says, you don't have to do that. We're gonna find out here in a moment what Jesus offers us. He says, I will measure up for you. It's good news from Jesus that he can give you rest from the burden of measuring up. But it's also for his children. It's also for those of you that call yourselves followers of Jesus like myself, that call ourselves children of God. And we forget that we don't have to be enough. We forget that Jesus is enough. We forget that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We forget when we come to church, when we go to him in prayer, that he is gentle and he is humble in heart. Think about your view of God. Does the word gentle come to mind? Does the word humble in heart come to mind? Jesus is God. <laughs> and he is saying, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls in me. This is why as followers of Jesus, we spend daily time with Jesus. This is why we go to him in prayer. This is why we sing a song called I Speak Jesus over all of these things, over our depression, our anxiety, our families, our burdens, because it's only in Jesus that we find rest. I'm telling you, we can orient our whole lives around this, around finding rest in Jesus, or what we end up doing and what I end up doing is we chase validation from other places. We look for other people and other things to tell us that we're valuable. You've done enough. Good job. But what's next? Hey, great job. Now do that again. Hey, great, great church service, Mosaic. Do it again. <laughs> Chasing 
chasing, chasing. Here's what the Apostle Paul in Colossians says about this great gift of rest that we get from Jesus. I'm going to read it here in a moment, but first I want to say, you can get this message from the world, okay? This message that you are enough, you can get that from the world. You, you, can, you hear that from TED Talks. You, you might hear it from some of your favorite podcasters. You might hear it in a Disney movie. You know, and I want to say there's, that's a good message, but, but kind of. It's, it's a good message, but, but partially. And here's what I mean. The message from the world that you are enough, you're good enough, you don't have to have magical powers like Louisa and Encanto, you're good enough just the way you are. That's a good message, kind of. But it's not nearly as good as the message of Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus is enough on your behalf. You have two choices. You can be enough on your own, which I think is kind of tough, <laughs> or you can let Jesus be enough and his enoughness becomes your enoughness. That's Colossians 1.22. But now God has reconciled you, that means made right, made you enough in his sight by Christ's physical body through death, Jesus' death on the cross, to present you, check this out, when the Father looks at you, when God looks at you, if you're in Jesus, if your faith is in Jesus, to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you are in Jesus, if your faith is in Jesus, when he looks at you, he says, daughter, son, you are enough. Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did on your behalf. Do you feel holy? Holy means perfect. Holy means sinless. Do you feel holy? Like, I don't feel holy because I sin. I do too. Did you know God doesn't see your sin if you're in Jesus? You know what he sees? Jesus is, scripture's telling us right here. He doesn't see your blemishes he sees Jesus without blemish. He doesn't accuse you. There's no accusation in Jesus. Do you see the difference of the two messages? One says, hey, you're enough, you're good, you're great, yeah. And there's some truth in that. Genesis 1:27, we're created in God's image. Everybody has dignity because they are human beings, amen? Amen, and everyone we see, Christian or not, non-believer or believer, everybody has dignity. But Jesus being enough for you, you can take that to the bank. That check is going to cash every single time. Because it doesn't have my signature on it. It doesn't have Pastor Adriel's signature on it. It doesn't have LaRonda's signature on it. It has Jesus' signature on it. It's Jesus' bank account. It's his line of credit. And it's going to cash out every single time. Here's some bad news that our world likes to skip over. We like to skip over this part in the Disney movies. <laughs> Romans 3, which leads us into the good news. It leads us into, 
It leads us into everything we have in Jesus, the gift of Jesus. But Jesus, he really is a solution. Who here likes solutions? I like solutions, don't you? Jesus is the solution. But a solution requires what? A problem. (laughs) There's a problem. You wouldn't need a solution if there wasn't a problem. The problem is we're sinners. We've rebelled against God. We've went, we, we gave God the middle finger, and we said, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm rebelling against you, and there's a wide chasm between us and God that our sin, the sins of the world, have created. That, friends, we cannot fix ourselves. We cannot fix ourselves. Romans 3, 10 to 12, it says, there's no one righteous. There's not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together, we could say we, I think we say we have all together, they have all together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And Paul's writing to religious people there, religious people who thought that they could go to church enough, they could do enough good churchy religious things where, where, where they could be holy before God because they did it on their own. You see that? That's where that strong language comes from. The holiest person you can think of is not holy enough. Romans 3.23, just a couple verses later. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody is righteous on their own. Nobody is enough on their own. Let's get back to the good news, right? That's the problem. Here is the solution. This is better, isn't it? Amen? I mean, this is better. This is better than me trying to go before God. And most world religions will tell you on your own, be good, do good, follow these laws, pray like this and do this, and then you'll have done enough. How do you ever know if you've done enough? I get that sense from Louisa. She always had to do a little bit more and a little bit more. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I want Jesus doing this for me on my behalf. I am enough because Jesus is enough. This is the good news of Jesus. It is right here. Jesus is enough. Because you don't, so that you don't have to be and because you can't be because I can't be on my own. If I had to be enough on my own, it is right back to surface pressure. It is right back to always trying to put on a front in front of people that I have it all together. Do you ever feel that way? I can't show my weakness. Louisa says I hide my nerves. I gotta, I'm nervous, I'm anxious. I don't have it all together, but I got to pretend like I do. I got to act like I do. I can't show my weakness. But the thing about grace, we believe in grace. Grace means you're forgiven of your sins. Grace means we can't do it on our own. When we believe in grace, here's what scripture says. This is Paul pleading to Jesus. 
to take a thorn from his side. We don't even know, we don't know what the thorn was, but he's pleading and pleading and pleading, and he doesn't get what he prays for. Instead, Jesus speaks directly to him and says this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I'm strong because that's when I get to experience grace. What is it that makes me strong? My own strength? Like Louisa, pile it up, pile on more rocks, pile on more rocks. Or am I strong because Jesus is strong for me? Right? Which, where do you get your strength? Is it your own strength to pile on more and more and more? Or do you rest in Jesus, who's got it all on his shoulders, and you rest in him? When we experience grace, when I admit I can't do it on my own, I can admit my weaknesses. I can be vulnerable and say, I'm a child of grace. Grace means I messed up. Grace means I can't do it. Grace means I need your help. I need God's help. Then I experience the gift of grace. We do a prayer invitation every Sunday at Mosaic, and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge Mosaic regulars. I want to challenge people that have been Christians their whole life to take advantage of our prayer time, to take advantage of coming to talk to somebody in prayer. And it's okay if you don't. I know, I know you, sometimes you may, you may just not want to, want to do that with somebody else. But I, what I don't want you to have is a feeling like you can do it all on your own. I don't want the feeling like I can do it all on my own. Think about your life. Do you need help with anything right now? Just, we're not going to do it, but if I broke you into your groups and said, list one thing you need help with right now. I think we all could list one thing we could use help with right now. I want you to think about that one thing. And I want to challenge you this week to share that with somebody. I want to challenge you to be vulnerable. If you believe in grace, I want to challenge you to be vulnerable. That might be during our prayer invitation time. You can go to one of our prayer team and say, hey, I need help with something. This is a heavy burden. Could you just pray with me? Can you take this before God with me? Whether you do that or not, I want you to think right now about someone this week you can share something vulnerable with that you need help with. Can you get somebody in your mind? That's your homework. That's your homework for this week. Under the surface, we feel this weakness under the surface, but we can't share it because we have to look like we have it all together. Here's the thing, I gotta pretend like I got it all together because man, look at Pastor Israel, he's got it all together. I mean, he's wearing, he's wearing a suit. He's wearing a bow tie. I mean, that guy's got it all together. I can't share my weaknesses. I gotta pretend like everything's good because look at his life, everything's good. I look at your life and I said, look at you. You got it all together. Look at you here at Mosaic. You look so good. You look like you, you, you don't struggle. 
So I'm not going to share that I struggle because you don't struggle. And meanwhile, you're looking at me and you're saying, he's got it all together. And I'm really messed up. I feel like Louisa. But I can't share that because he's got it all together. And this person next to me, look at them. They got it all together. And they're looking at you. And they're saying, that, that person next to me has got it all together. None of us have it all together. But we're all pretending like we do because we think the person next to us does. And so the cycle of pretending goes on and on and on. And my neighbor has it all together, so I have to go buy a shiny new thing. And I'm going to buy my shiny new thing so that I look like I have it all together too. And what happens after I buy my shiny new thing? I still don't feel like I have it all together. I have all the same problems I had before, but I just spent a lot of money on a shiny new thing. So guess what? I better pretend like that shiny new thing solved all my problems. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And meanwhile, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This friends, is how we become free from the unending pursuit of am I enough. 